Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. And today, my guests will blow your mind about conventional cancer treatment. That's because he's beaten it without traditional therapies of chemo and radiation, and he's living his best life. He's Cancer Fighter Owen on Instagram, and he doesn't care who gets offended by living his truth. My attorney wanted me to remind you that this isn't medical advice. You'll get to meet Owen right after this. Well, people are going cuckoo for Akel's Carpet One, and it's brand new. And I say brand new location, same location, but I'm telling you, it does not look like what it used to look like. And that's the one on Maumel Boulevard. Three locations for Akel's Carpet in central Arkansas. If you've ever turned on a television set, you have seen Richard, his wife, Star. You might have seen Erica in the spots. Uh, it's a family affair for sure. And Richard Akel knows how to sell carpet. In fact, some of you listening to these spots, he has that business, but with different names all over the country. So you may have shopped with an ankle and didn't even know it. If you got, I'll tell you, here's the hint. If it was the best price you found, the best customer service, you might want to ask, does Richard Akel own this business? Because Richard Akel is known for standing by the sale, by giving you the best customer satisfaction he can give. I, I mean, I, I, and people, you know, things go wrong with not just the sale, but installation or the product came in wonky. Sometimes they'll come to me. I go to Richard. He takes care of it. That's what they're known for. They beat the big box store prices. I almost forgot to say that, but check them out online and in the show notes, acolscarpet1.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. All right, kids. I mean, hold on to your minivan. This is going to rock you and your world. And I love rebels. And I don't know, Owen, if you set out to become a rebel, but I think God wires us all uniquely, right? And uh, your story, uh, going to your website, I really could glean a lot about you, but tell people listening, how did you get to be uh, the man behind Beat Cancer with me and Cancer Fighter Owen on social media? Yeah, well, I was blessed with uh, the disease of cancer and it (laughs) took me... It took me years to come to that sort of wow. understanding of cancer, but but let me explain. Uh, I was diagnosed with stage four terminal cancer. The doctors told me that I would have two years to live, that there was no chemo that would save my life, and they sent me home <clears throat> to die. And I remember going home. I I remember meeting my kids at my my parents' house and giving them a big family hug. And I, I wasn't quite ready to tell them what I had heard. I just needed to hold my babies. And mm. I went through a process, Lisa, like of complete uh, hopelessness and despair. Mm. You know, um, I had even people at my church uh, giving me books on how to die gracefully, um, mm. telling me how to say goodbye to my um, children. And, you know, I went through just deep, deep depression that kept my thoughts mired in suicidal, um, uh, uh, visions and, and also just, just complete, complete depression. But, um, I'm a man of faith. I believe in God. And even though I was, uh, lamenting and wailing and crying and not understanding why God had abandoned me, there was a moment of clarity in which, I heard a still small voice say, Owen, get up and beat cancer. Mm. And from that moment on, Lisa, I, I recognized that um, there were other people in this world who would beat cancer. And as bad as I had it, I believed that they were worse than me. I'm like, there are people worse off than me that have beaten it. And I, if the hospital can't help me, I'm going to go look out what else, like what are survivors doing? And that began my journey into the metabolic approach to cancers, where I learned the truth about what cancer is, how it affects the body and how it can be defeated in the kitchen without chemo, without 
radiation or other toxic drugs. Um, within 90 days, I had shrunk my tumor load 30%. Um, and uh, we are now at the, you know, it's the just over the two-year anniversary. The doctors told me that I would have two years to live. And, and I just celebrated the third birthday uh, <laughs> since them telling me that. And I am 100% entirely cancer-free with no chemo. Okay, let's talk about then the diagnosis and how no. you got to the diagnosis, because you look like a man in your 20s. But if I did some math, you probably might be 30 something. You know, praise so the Lord. I, you could just say that one more time. I'm going to put that on voicemail. And I'm going to make the sure. truth is the truth is you're young, viable, thin. I mean, all the things we know that go against cancer. Age is an opponent. Um, obesity is an opponent, metabolic yes, disorders yeah. and all that. So you and don't look like you fit any of that. Yeah. And I wasn't this person, um, uh, a couple years ago, I was actually a very unhealthy person. And I, I feel oh. like most of us are actually pretty unhealthy, but we've been sort of bought this new idea of normal, right? Like, uh, oh, you've got hypertension, but that's normal. Excuse me. What? Um, at not, what point right. then does stage three cancer just become normal, right? Like this is a really right scary place to be. Right. So, um, my bigger story is that I was actually diagnosed in 2015. Okay. So in 2015, as brand new entrepreneur, I had three kids under three years old. Um, I was starting a business. I, I'm actually a, oh a, a YouTube coach. I'm a YouTube consultant. Good. I've been doing this for a long time, Great. Um, but I was working my fingers to the bone. And in one sudden collapse, I fell to the floor and was rushed to the emergency room where the doctors found a 12 centimeter tumor inside my chest. The diagnosis was thymoma. This is a, a branch of thymic cancer. Um, it was at that point, I think stage two or stage three. So that happened five years ago. I did everything that the, or longer, that's seven years ago. That was 2015. I did everything the doctors said that you should do. Okay. I did intensive chemotherapy. They, they said, you're strong. You're healthy. You can take it. Excuse me. I'm healthy. I have a 12 centimeter tumor <laughs> in my chest, but they right. told me that I'm strong and healthy and I can take the chemo. Notice they didn't say you can beat the cancer. They said you can take mm. the chemo. And I think that that's really important is that the doctor's objective largely is for you to survive the expensive medicine that they get cash kickbacks on to prescribe to you. Sorry. It's insane. I, you it, know? It's insane. You know, third party pay and reimbursement for people in oncology. That's why they are, they're not going to Cancun. They're going to Switzerland every year. Yeah. They're on, you know, they, they are treated royally. Go inside any office. There's food and lobster and sushi from and Dr. every Peter drug Glidden, rep in the Dr. world. Dr. Peter Glidden, PhD, did a massive research on the effects of chemotherapy globally um, and uh, found that uh, chemotherapy fails in 97% of cases globally. That's so they asked, he asked the question, why is it? why is it still used then? And, and, and he was able to connect that chemotherapy is the only classification of pharmaceutical drug that allows the doctors to receive direct remuneration. Now, this is not something that, you know, people, they, they talk about necessarily in the office, but what happened to me was I did everything that they told me to do. I did the chemotherapy, I did the radiation therapy, mm. and my body was never the same mm -hmm. again. Mm -mm. Okay, but I made it out. In fact, mm -hmm. I remember when I, 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 they, they let you ring the bell when, when you're done yeah. with this thing. And I, I rang the bell and I remember thinking later that night, like, what did I ring the bell for? Is the cancer gone? Am I done? No. Am I better? Like, no, you, you just finished the drug protocol. That's that you, you celebrate your financial ability to pay for it. Right. And you celebrate their financial ability to celebrate. It, it is all, it, it is not anything. It, it was no victory on your part. That is right. such a facade when well, I see people so and, and I hate it for them on social media. The women have no eyebrows, no hair. Yes. They're being pushed in a wheelchair and they're ringing yes. the bell and there's nothing to celebrate. Because and you're being just called, because you're finished, you're, it's not over. Oh, I, I love it, Lisa. And they call us warriors. They call us like cancer fighters and all these things. Yeah. And and I sort of use that term on my own moniker and my own handle on Instagram for a reason. But it's like, no, the like I am a cancer thriver, right? I, I am oh, yeah. thriving yeah. after cancer. And 
And this this idea of coming out of cancer, battled and bruised your body, never the same again, you know. Um, so I did everything that they said to do. And four and a half years later, the cancer came back as stage four, where they now told me it was terminal. They told me that no chemotherapy would help me. But guess what they recommended I do? Chemotherapy. That's right. They recommend I do chemotherapy anyway. My goodness. Now, when it came back, that's when I decided that the the medical system had failed me and that, uh, in fact, it it actually had succeeded because this idea that their goal is to cure diseases, I think uh, uh, people think that that's the goal. The goal is to create patients for life, right? And if we can get you on a pill or two that gets you sort of on this system for life and then another pill for those symptoms and these pills – you're never at any point being taught about optimal living or or healing, right? And I wanted to only hear these words heal. And it was ironic. Uh, I was sitting in, I just finished a biopsy on this, the most recent, uh, um, uh, you know, tumor. Uh, low. This was two years ago, two and a half years ago. And I'm sitting in the hospital room and a dear friend of mine, Angelica, says, watch this documentary, Heal. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. And so I watched that documentary and all of a sudden it was kind of like, wow, so healing is my goal, not not dying, right? And not like endless appointments. It really put a framework around what I wanted to do. And so it was a pivotal moment for me in looking at why the cancer was there why my body was producing cancer, right? Like my body's not producing cancer because it needs, it has a low supply of chemotherapy, right? Like there are other reasons. It's not chemo deficient. (laughs) It's not chemo deficient. That's it. Exactly. So I began the journey into discovering like what cancer is. And here's, you know, what I discovered is that 90% of of these cancers are the same, right? Whether it's a blood cancer, tumor cancer, when I get together with survivors, that's the only thing that matters is you, you want to be looking, if you have cancer, you have a loved one that has cancer, you want to be, you want to be in an environment of survivors and thrivers, people who are alive today and getting better, right? To, to go to a chemotherapy infusion room where everyone is bald, sick, and dying, like that's not the place to get your advice from, right? That's why I left chemotherapy. I said, I'm not going to be around this room. Like you become the five people you hang around. And if the five people I hang around are dead, then, then what does that make me, right? So I wanted to be around survivors. And you know who I found? I found Dr. Nasha Winters. Um, I found uh, Miriam Kalamian, uh, Kalamian, who wrote uh, Keto for Cancer. I found Dr. Thomas Seyfried, who uh, works at Boston right. University and is like the, the, the foremost cancer researcher yes. in the country. I found Chris Wark at Chris Be- Beats Cancer. And then right. I found, you know, the coaches that have helped those people, Ben Azadi, Dr. Thomas Lodi, and these different mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. therapists that have largely been suppressed and, and – um, uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't say ousted from from mainstream medicine, but they don't fit. No, they are. They are. They are absolutely that 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 was the beginning of shadow banning. And yeah. you know, we thought it was COVID that the naysayers started. They put a cold a bucket of cold water on. No, it started with anybody who's gone against the narrative from big pharma and big food. One hundred percent. And those are the people. Are I really admire I, I, mine. So I was raised by my cousins and um, the man who I called my dad was an attorney. And they in the 80s started, he was in a, as an attorney, started seeing that vaccines had injuries. That's when you mm. could sue the manufacturer. Right. He was just a little civil trial lawyer in South Arkansas. So he, those are really taken on by bigger lawyers and federal cases, right? But that's the first time I started having the skepticism yeah. To see Dr. Robert Mendelson is his name, um, wrote um, uh, Medical Heretic in the 80s. Yeah. And that was kind of, he was an early adopter and he was an MD saying, there, there are side effects to things that last forever. You don't have to do everything your doctor says. That That's what I want people to hear. I think that's He's so not, good. The doctor's, his doctor's not the boss of you. He's not the principal of your school. Yeah. You know, it's your body, your choice. I recently, uh, I recently did a video on this on my Instagram page uh, on how to say no to your doctors, 
And the reason I did that video is because I was getting a lot of questions of like, is chemotherapy compulsory? Do I have to do chemotherapy? No. And uh, one of the things I think we should all be aware of is that if you're under 18 in the United States, you must do chemotherapy. By law, the government can come and take your child away. That is a fact. That is a (gasps) law that is on the books. There may be some exceptions, some places um, but it is not until your child is declared hopeless that that you can opt out of chemotherapy. And, you know, it's interesting, a, a, a colleague of mine, I didn't even know her at the time. I was walking through a conference in Los Angeles and all of a sudden uh, I got someone pull on my shoulder and said, are you Owen? And she just began to cry. And uh, what had happened was her son had uh, been told by the doctors that it was hopeless. Like she was forced to do chemotherapy on him. And then they told him there's nothing we can do. Um, We've done everything that we can do. They basically killed him and then sent him home. And that's when she found my videos and she began to learn about the keto diet. And so she immediately put her son on a keto diet. He is alive and thriving today and healthier than he has been his entire life. And I praise the Lord that I got to play even a tiny, tiny role in that. And so, you know, we need to know that that chemotherapy for adults is not compulsory. You can say no. But if you're a parent of a child with chemotherapy, like we have got to fight to change these laws. And we have, we have also got to be aware that these laws exist. I tell people that and they go, no, 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 that, that can't be true. And they discard it immediately. I had no idea. But I wanted to put that out there for everyone to know. Now, back to the original question, like, is chemotherapy compulsory? Like, how do you say no to your doctor? Like, first of all, you are the CEO of your own health. And here's, here's right. a great illustration for you. If you die in five years, that doctor still gets paid. That's what? it. That's all you need to know. Well, if oh, you die tomorrow, what you're saying. if you die, what if you saying. get sick, yes. you, there's no penalty for your doctor. There, there's, I see. It, they're not going to have a, a funeral for you at the hospital. They're not going right. to build a wing and name it after you. And yet we go into these appointments and we feel because we've been conditioned by media, we feel that they have authority over us. You know what you should do to, to help break the fear is to walk into your doctor's office with a white lab coat on. Like, I, I think you should. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's made a little confrontational. But like, we think uh, the white good. lab coat is, has got all this authority. Like, if it's a sheriff, yeah. uh, it's a sheriff's badge. It does not. Right. It's now, badge, that being right. said, it, it's also like you feel like an idiot, right? Because they got all like the tests and the machines and all the beeps and all the things. And you're like, well, what am I? I'm just like, you know, a dad from Utah. Like, what, you know, what do I know about this? But here's what you need to know is that if you die, there's no penalty for them whatsoever. I there's see. also no reward if you heal. In fact, if you get better and become their number one success case, like they're actually financially incentivized never to tell anyone about that which, by the way, is exactly what happens to cancer patients who heal. We're not counted in the books. Uh, we're actually discarded as outliers. And there's a, a book called Radical Remission that talks all about this, which is why you don't hear about people healing in hospitals. They only count the people who take the medicine. So with that being said, you do need to learn how to say no to your doctor. And, and we came up with a great strategy for doing this because even me, I'm a pretty bold person. I'm a type A person. Um, and yet my doctor would come in there with seven doctors and it's just like, what am I going to say? And so here's what we said every time we would say, thank you, doctor. You've given us a lot to consider. Okay. And that's it. And then we go home and we decide what we're, are we going to do chemotherapy? No. So we write an email. Hey doctor, um, we've decided not to do chemotherapy. Thank you. But the no happens on email and not in a moment of confrontation, of eye contact. You just say, hey, thank you, doctor. You've given us so much to consider. We really appreciate all your help. We're going to go home. We're going to talk about all of this. And then I'm sure we'll be in touch with you really soon. That's a great way to approach it. Uh, One of my... um I'm an intermittent fasting health coach, and I do want to talk about root cause with you too, because yes. that's that's what we need to be looking at root cause. But one of my clients who has done, I think, fairly well, but she was afraid and she had a recurrence because there was something questionable on a scan. Yeah. So she reached out to you. She walked into her oncologist's office, and she may follow back up. She walked in this week because I said, let's... Get, gird your loins, get your helmet on. 
And the minute she said, and she did not have a recurrence, by the way, they they then scare the patooey out of you. Yes. That the boogeyman's coming back if you don't yes. do what they say. You're never so better. She went in, no, right. And sat down and said, okay, well, I'm going to do the metabolic approach. The doctor all but said, there's the door. And this is the biggest clinic in Arkansas. And she said, not only will I not see you, none of my partners will see you. Yeah. To which my friend now, I want, she'll hit, listen to this podcast because she's so excited about recording it. So now she learned the hard way that she would go back and do the email later. But then the flip side of that, Owen, is what does a person like that do? Because she'll need someone to monitor her progress. Yeah. yeah just you, in her, she wants to do high dose IV therapy IBC, with vitamin C sure. and other things. Yes. IBC. All those all those different things. And, you know, let me say this, is that some people, there's a lady at my church, for example, who's like, I'm going to tell my doctor, you know, and she's like, I want to let them know. And that's and what we I, call an Enneagram eight. If, if you know about the Enneagram, she's an eight. And they don't yeah. care. They don't yeah, play. Exactly. And I tell you, like uh, me, I, I could take it or leave it. I don't need the additional confrontation in my life. Right. I got a cancer battle. The last thing I need to do is fight with some doctor who doesn't care about right. me. Right. Exactly. So, you know, do what's comfortable for you. <clears throat> I think that for me, answering in the emails was really um, uh, a great way to alleviate my stress and get our point across. Now, what do you do next? Right. How do you pursue metabolic therapy? First of all, there are metabolic and you need to find an integrative oncologist. Let me even back up. The next step is they building. Have them. <laughs> Let me say, yeah, exactly. Let me get kind of organized with my thoughts here. You need okay. to build your medical team, okay? Okay. And really, it's your support system, right? And there's like there's medical support, but there's also internal support. So number one is that I decided that I would not announce my cancer until I felt more comfortable. I didn't know what that date was, but I wanted to create an inner circle of people around me that so knew. And, and those people had to be aligned with my decision. So I asked my fan, I had certain Good. family members of mine to get the book radical remission and listen to it. And if they, if they could agree to the principles in the book, like, and, and agree to support me in that way, that there would never be uh, convincing to go to chemo, that there would never be uh, a talking about what goes on my gravestone. Um, the possibility Good. of death was never brought up. Then you could be in my inner circle, right? But we're going to follow the metabolic path. And everybody that I gave the book to agreed to that. And there was even some medical nurses. Like my, I've got a lot of nurses and medical professionals in my family. And I think that I turned their heads a little bit too in, in, and, and maybe changed some perspectives there. My sister, Good. who is, Good. I just deeply respect and admire is, is like adopted plant-based living as a, as a, a result of some of this. So that's your like support network and you need to have that, right? Because you can't have your, 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 your mom or your sister sneaking you diet Coke. You, you can't have people going, well, you're going right. through a lot. So here's a little treat. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you mm -hmm. actually got to have people that go through your cabinet, get rid of all your white sugar. They, they find your, your girl scout cookies. They, they, mm -hmm. and they throw them away. Right. And that you got to have that kind of support. Now on your medical support, you, you know, I believe that you need two different doctors and, and maybe like, just fill me out on this, but you need to have a local doctor who can administer intravenous vitamin C among okay. others, right? So you, they need to have, this is an integrative doctor. Okay? okay. Many of them are integrative oncologists, but some of them are chiropractors, right? They're, they're not, uh, they're going to have different levels of experience, right? Um, uh, I, I was blessed to find an integrative oncologist. So he was an expert, uh, in, in cancer. And I was able to get IV therapy there as well. Well, and that may be state by state has some limitations. Our chiropractors and naturopaths in Arkansas cannot prescribe. So this same girl is looking um, to see if my nurse practitioner who is open-minded about a lot of things. And I, I would there say, are, I'll perfect. tell you, I was just in my neighborhood uh, last week and there's a, a new office called integrative freedom. And I'm like, what in the heck is that? Is that an integrative? And sure enough, it was an integrative oncologist. And it looks like wow. there's a, an integrative oncologist there with a, a chiropractor. My guess is the chiropractor keeps people adjusted all day. And, and then it. the integrative is there for the cases and prescribing. 
we're seeing more and more and more of these businesses. But like Dr. Jake, for example, again, I'm blessed. He, he lives right down, the, he works right down the way. But wow. people fly in from Montana, from Arizona, from Nevada to see him because not everywhere has what he does. But the therapies that, that um, uh, you should pursue are the metabolic therapies. So we've talked about intravenous vitamin C. But there's right. also poly DCA, there's, um, or excuse me, poly MVA, multivitamin okay. alpha lipoic acid. Okay. Uh, and then DCA, which is a dio, blah, blah, blah. Look, uh-huh. um, <clears throat> all of this is on my website at beatcancerwithme.com. But it's also covered in a book called The Metabolic Approach to Cancer, which I read, so funny, so I, I, I read that book inside a hyperbaric chamber learning about hyperbaric chambers, right? Dr. Jake had already told me, I want you in the hyperbaric twice a week. Um, I actually bought one for my house. Of course you did. And those are the cold temperatures, right? Hyperbaric oxygen is room temperature, but it's an oxygen pressurized tube. That's right. right. That's right. That's right. But I do. I was getting confused. Cold immersion therapy is great. Um, And I've the cryotherapy. I've done that too. Yes. And cryotherapy. Yes. Uh, ner- nervous system, they're good for you, but they're not directly cancer, uh, uh, you know, sort of related. Um, but being in the hyperbaric chamber, reading a book about why cancer patients should be in <laughs> hyperbaric chambers, that caused me to go buy a hyperbaric chamber. So for my, yeah. for my house and, and um, those are great therapies. That's one kind of doctor. Now, <clears throat> I, I have another doctor that I convert con- consult with virtually. And this is what I would call like a cancer coach, right? This, this is somebody okay. who is more in the business of remission versus administration, right? Okay. Um, you, you go to the IV treatment center to get IV treatment, right? But I see another doctor, a guy named Dr. Harmon. He's in Kentucky and I consult with him 100% virtual. The reason that I, I work with him is because I was on YouTube searching videos and I found one of his videos and I'm like, that's the guy I want to talk to. He's got a history of beating cancer and one of the best decisions I've ever made. Now, let me say something I've actually never said before is Dr. J, I I kind of tell Dr. Harmon what Dr. Jake said and I kind of tell Dr. Harmon what Dr. Jake said. Like I wanted to have verifiable sort of information right? Not that either one would lead me wrong, but I was so disappointed how the medical system treated me that it was like, I want to take control. I want to make sure that I'm sort of fact-checking this guy and fact-checking this guy. And it turns out that they were both in alignment very much a hundred percent of the way, excuse me, but Dr. Harmon's the guy that is uh, like testing my gut health and my blood tests. Good. Um, For some of the things that Dr. Jake doesn't do, or maybe isn't an expert in um, and my conversation with Dr. Harmon uh, has been more about like circulating tumor cells in my bloodstream, which um, found zero, uh, building muscle mass, <clears throat> improving my sleep, oh, mm-hmm. restorative sleep. Mm-hmm. All of those things have been uh, a part of what I've done with this other doctor. So I believe that you should have like an on the ground clinic where you can go and get treatment, um, hyperbaric chamber, IV infusions, right? Okay. Um, maybe a sauna if they have it. Yeah. But I I also think it's wise to have sort of like a blood test doctor that you're talking with virtually. Um, It's cheaper um, and you get to control the the, the flow of information a little bit. Well, the Bible says that a wise man seeks many counselors. I mean, it really is getting a team of people. And I loved your mindset of the people around you are going to have to have the same philosophy so that they're not that. And it shows, too, that enabling somebody and go, here's that Diet Coke you wanted or those. Uh, you know, Girl Scout cookies, Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, yeah. Right. Or that's what's killing us, which reminds me of uh, the first time I'd ever heard about a metabolic or really it wasn't a true metabolic approach because this was a minor. She was six years old, and had to take the chemotherapy, but the mother started real realizing that at our um, major children's hospital here, which has a great reputation, and they're just doing it the way they were told right. that after the chemotherapy, the little girl who had stage four osteosarcoma was given a Sprite and animal crackers oh, after the terrible. chemotherapy. Terrible. And the mother started going, something about this isn't right. So they started, and it was probably too late by then, by the time the mother had their eureka moment. And that's the first time I'd heard of a ketogenic approach. And that was in 20. 
13, probably 10 years ago. Yeah. So how amazing. I, I, I knew I, I, I knew nothing about those until I got sick, right? And and I learned about the Charlie Foundation and mm-hmm. um you, you know you actually begin to read the Bible and you recognize how much mm-hmm. of the Bible like there are there's intermittent fasting going on. Like when Jesus walked to Samaria, that was 40 miles. I mean that that was a major walk. They were in high yes. ketosis when they got there. And what yes. did the apostles wanted to do? They wanted to go get food, but what did Jesus say? He said no. Jesus said, I wanted to wait. He waited for the woman at the well. But what he did was he stayed in ketosis for that (laughs) interaction with the woman (laughs) at the well. And so we see that ketosis is not a fad diet. It's actually a biochemical process by which the body enters a state of of ongoing healing. And uh, a revolution, fasting, the keto diet, um, and it was a plant-based keto diet, but uh, fasting, the keto diet, and um, – Trauma release were the three biggest needle movers for me in beating this cancer. Yes. Okay. Now, so if we look at, I do love the functional medicine approach as to root cause. I, as an intermittent faster have seen, and we know this because uh, Mark Hyman and Jason Fung and and even Ben Azadi, when he was on my podcast recently, we now know that 92% of the population is metabolically unfit. Yes. 92% of the population. I can say... With pride, I'm not one of those people. I'm metabolically fit only because I've been intermittent fasting since 2017. So that reduced my risk of the common, the mate, the common diseases now. I, modern disease is what they call that by 90. percent Yeah. So you must have been you may, uh, through deductive reasoning you may have been um, metabolically unfit, and that put you at risk for modern diseases. What do you say about that? Oh, 100% accurate. You know, I was not aware of how unhealthy I was, but now you went, we entered this show and you're like, oh, you're so young and fit. And I, I just love <laughs> hearing that because I feel that way. I do feel, I feel better and yeah. healthier than I've ever been. I do have um, uh, some, some side effects uh, from the radiation sure. therapy, which is why sure. I don't re- recommend chemo or radiation. They're, they're not, they're going to delay your healing no matter what the white lab coat says. I don't think the doctors are lying to you. I think that they don't know. I think that their education was such, a, it was a box of information that was carved out by pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. I don't really- Sponsored I, by, think about it, sponsored by, you know, Pfizer. Big Pharma, Big Pharma right? right. There, I think that we could all agree, like the businesses thrive on the purchasing of products and services, right? That's and right. If, if you're healthy, there's no product or service for you. So there's just the culture of the, there that I'm not here to say the doctors are bad, but I am here to say you should step out of that system, right? And surround yourself with the healthiest people you know, whether or not you like them. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh man, I got to hang around like <laughs> these like tree hugging, like plant eaters all the time. But right. turns out like these are a lot of people that are just like me that had this sort of like conversion experience of, of yeah. like a better way to live. You know, it's going to be a good day. A good day to go to David's Burgers in Central Arkansas. It's Lisa Fisher telling you that David's Burgers has 10 locations and they're all delicious. Down to Hot Springs, we've got Little Rock, we've got the Bryant-Benton area. And you know what? They have a drive through and they're one of those restaurants. You know, there's just a couple of them on the map, including Jess's Chicken, where they're so dang efficient and friendly. That's how they raise the kids there. Because, you know, a lot of kids go flip burgers, right? Well, at David's Burgers, the Bubba's family actually invests in these kids. In fact, adoption is a part of the story for Jessica and Alan Bubbas. And then all the Bubbases who are there, you see the ones that work there. It's really just a great family place to go eat with your family. You get the ice cream at the end of the meal. You get the good burgers that are back there grilled. They are so good. And the unlimited french fries that come to your table. And now they're selling beef. Where's the beef? They have it at David's Burgers. Check them out online. And if you've ever been, you know, it's your favorite burger place in Little Rock, davidsburgers.com. Hi, friends. I want to take a moment just to introduce you to something that I offer my listeners, my friends, my followers, and that is an online course where you can start fasting today. Yes, I do love me some intermittent fasting. I am a certified health coach and I began fasting in 2017. It totally changed my life. It changed the way not only that I look at food and nourishment nutrition, but 
I take less thyroid medicine. Some autoimmune diseases have been reversed. It's really the magic of fasting. But sometimes people just need a coach or a partner. But, you know, it may be cost prohibitive to hire someone like me by the hour. Well, do my online course. My online course, lisafishersaid.com slash academy. Right now for an introductory price is $49.97. You can start fasting today. The first video in that series is free. So go ahead and check that out. But I want you to get healthy and you can do it affordably. And then I'll save you money in the long run because you buy less food. <laughs> it's a great thing. I love fasting. I bet you will too. LisaFisherSaid.com slash academy. So yes, when I look back at the pictures of my diagnosis, um, I see uh, 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 dark circles under my eyes. Um, I, my hair was much thinner than it was even then. It was much more gray than it wow. was then. Um, my my body was out of shape, but you know what? I um, I'll, I'll tell you, I was normal. And and when we talk about right. ninety, what that word normal means, it means on average, right? And if ninety uh-huh. percent of the people are unhealthy, then you go into the doctors, and they're going to tell you that that's normal. And I want to challenge you with the word, what's optimal, you know, because I I got to a place where I ate, I did whatever, whatever was necessary to save my life and ensure that my children had a father, right? Like in this day and age, children need fathers more than ever, right? And it's like, I'm not going to just sit down and and let this disease take me out, right? Like I'm going to fight back with them. I'm going to endure to the end right? As Paul instructs us to do. And so that's, that's That's what I did. And I feel like what happens with a lot of people is we told that we're normal. So even though you have belly aches, even though you have heartburn every night, even though you can't go to the mail without breathing deeply, you you stay in this place of sort of like, well, the doctor said I'm normal and I don't really want to hang around plant eating hippies. So I guess I'm just fine. And we live in this lie that one day becomes cancer or it becomes heart disease, or it becomes a stroke. And at that point, you know, like I believe that you can heal from cancer at any age and at any stage. But I also believe that there are some people who start trying when it's too late. Mm-hmm. So start so now. So you're saying we have to start now, right? Um, I remember when my mother-in-law was diagnosed with cancer in 2002 with breast cancer and it was stage four by the time they found it yeah now her she did whatever her doctor said she ate a low-fat diet she ate she was slim but she had a low-fat diet she ate desserts every day they had packaged foods every day because margarine was a great invention to that generation yep you know anything that i did was wacky and i remember after she went through her she went through chemo and then radiation and then she had a recurrence like so many because they told her she had beat it at one time, you know, or she yeah, was yeah, yeah. That's, I've got stories. Right. And then it came back and it was in her brain and she had one treatment of that gamma knife radiation and we never saw her again. And I remember the oncologist saying you're to my husband, you know, your mom is not going to make it. And he said it wasn't the cancer that beat her. It was, it was the, the medicine. Treatment. It was the medicine. And then my father-in-law remarried. I'll be darned. That woman had some type of lymphoma, had one treatment of chemo. She was like 95 pounds. There was nothing to her. She hadn't had an aspirin. She hadn't had a a steak in 35 years. I mean, just healthy. But she had worked in the uh, beauty industry years and years ago, and they used to use a lot of chemicals. Lymphoma is a chemical. Yeah, that's right. So it's not too unusual. But all that to say, one treatment of chemotherapy same oncologist came in and said, well, I hate to tell you, but now your stepmother's not going to make it. And he said, it's not the cancer, but it's a treatment. So doctors aren't surprised by that, by your thought process to say that they don't like the pushback, but you have to, I mean, facts are facts and people don't die of cancer. They die of the treatment. Yeah. And I've got story after story, you, you know, uh, one of my, my dear friends, his, uh, he's the greatest man I've ever known. Um, but his nephew, uh, was diagnosed with, um, cancer. It wasn't lymphoma, but maybe it was, uh, it was leukemia. I think it was. Oh, leukemia. And, uh, he died from an ancillary cancer that developed from the chemotherapy they gave him for the leukemia. Okay. Remember when Robin Roberts on ABC News 
she had, cause I'm a journalist. So those are people, you know, I've watched all these years. Um, she's been on good morning America for years. She had breast cancer. She had the radiation and the chemotherapy. And five years later, she got the lymphoma that yeah. comes from, and she said this was the risk of having the radiation was an ancillary secondary cancer. Yeah. Secondary that's cancers. when I would start. Yeah, I, that's when I would start. You know what? I'd like to pull my name out of that hat. Yeah, I don't want to be the person that has to fight it twice. Yeah, and this this is the thing is is that we've all sort of bought into this lie that that's what cancer is. That cancer is unpredictable. You have no control over it. In fact, Dave Ramsey, um, who we all kind of know and love, like gets on yeah. stage and says, "You can't yeah. control the weather and you can't control cancer." And I was like, "Your audience is filled with overweight diabetics." Uh- how dare you, sir? Like you can't control cancer. And I know That's that in his right. mind, it was just a quick bumper sticker. It started yes. with the C, yes. but how many people are hearing that from a, from a, a, a like a godly man? Uh, yes, that's right. on stage. That's right. And so when they get cancer, that's part of the story that forms around it as well. Like, you know, here I am overweight, diabetic. I get cancer. Now I'm on a chunk, chunk chocolate bar going like, well, yeah. it's not my fault. I'm nothing I could do. Oh, but- well. And, and look, I'm being right. kind of overreactive or, or exaggerative, hyperbolic about that because I, I feel like there's probably people listening to this right now that are, are probably in that situation or maybe the husbands uh, of wives. I, I hear this uh, like so often. I'm, I'm talking with a woman now whose husband has cancer, um, terminal, he's a goner, right? And, and the wife is over here talking to me on Instagram and like, what do I do? What do I do? And he's in the background grumbling. He's like, that's not true. Like telling me that my story is not true. And, and you, you know, you, you have to want to save your own life. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I feel like this is the trap for so many of the baby boomers is the baby boomers grew up in, in a, a you know, like a fan, I'm not anti-boomer, right? In fact, it was the baby boomers that have pushed this country forward. Um, inventions like fast food, right? Uh, inventions like box foods and frozen foods, right? Like these were great uh, pro- progressions in, in, in human civilization and advancement. But what happened is we, we gave them too much value and we started to treat them as if they were food and not food-like products. And, and right. so- I think baby boomers especially get really challenged to challenge the doctor because we grew up like the medical system is great. The food system is great. No other country has this. America is great. But we haven't stopped to think about like what are the results that it's generating for us in our own lives? I had to go through that transformation process too where I recognized that the system wasn't evil, but it wasn't going to save me either. Well, it doesn't and care about you. I went through the ridicule and being told, yeah. oh, we won't x-ray you. If you don't do chemo, we won't x-ray you. And I was like, well, then I'll find my own x-rays. And we did. And we started going to our own x-ray place, you know. Um, you've got to take control over your own diagnosis. I have thermography. Um, yeah. I, I was foolish. At, I'm 60 now at age 40 because someone told me to get a mammogram. And then because of my skeptical self with, a journalism background to ask questions. I started going, you know what? For one thing, I need to say something. People listening, this is not medical advice. My attorney and Owen's attorney wanted me to tell you that. Yeah. Okay. I will proceed. I will even put that disclaimer in the open because we're just telling what's happened, what our lives and mine obviously didn't deal with cancer. But so then a few years ago, because I have thermography and they do look at trends in your thermography, they're looking at last year's uh, thermography, which is heat related. What, yes. you know, in a tumor or any yes. growth yeah, would have heat. So um, at that point, I do have a provider. I do. Well, they, they actually have um, radiologists who read it and then they have recommendations. And they did on one of them say, why don't you just go and get an ultrasound, go and get a breast ultrasound. Okay. I walk in with the breast ultrasound. I had to fight as if I, 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 I can't even tell you because they kept saying, well, you have to have a mammogram. I went, no, I don't. They go, yes, you do. And I went, no. I mean, in fact, this is what the uh, radiologist told me. He did the ultrasound and said, if you have, if women have dense breast tissue, they're not candidates for mammography. He said, you're not a good candidate. It's better to read it with an ultrasound. But at the end, he had said that in the beginning and I was clear there was nothing. At the end, he said, but I have to tell you that the American Academy of whatever they are, you know, 
I don't know if it was oncology or goats. radiology. Yeah, yeah, right. Of white lab coats, WLC said, <laughs> uh, but we recommend mammography. I said, you just told me 10 minutes ago that I'm not a candidate. Yes. And he said, well, I still have to tell you, we st- still want you to do it. So then when I send other people, cause they're, I have a, someone does thermography here, thermography here. Some of the other clinics in town now are like, yeah, Lisa Fisher already told them that they don't have to have the mammography, but they will push back and say, we're not going to let you have just the ultrasound. Yes. We're going to force you. Yes. Just- this is what we call medical tyranny. So on my Instagram, it is. you know, it be, and it's because it's the elimination of choice. Right. And it's also like, you do have a choice. You could leave the hospital, right? You know, like my wife and I were talking and she's like, what would you do if one of our kids, um, uh, you know, had cancer? I, I'd say, I would say, oh my gosh, thank you, doctor. Like, okay, we're going to go to uh, uh, the primary children's care. We're going to go like to some other hospital where they do this. And I would never call them again, right? I'm I, not going to say, well, we're going to try the metabolic path and here's, and be sure to follow up with us. And, you know, not, it's like, oh my gosh, thank you, doctor. So, you know, this this idea that we don't have choice, this idea that we have to tell the doctor everything that they can, they don't have to tell us everything. They can keep us waiting in their offices for 35 minutes past our appointment time. There's no remuneration yeah. for us, but if I miss an appointment, I get charged $97. Like right. this system was designed to steal your wealth while it kills you. And yeah. we have to be in a place where, where we understand what we're going into and, the medical tyranny involved, right? Like, are you willing? We were talking about this uh, just recently, a group of guys, like these companies that are against us, right? Like these companies that have this anti-American agenda, they have an anti-middle class agenda, you, you know, like, but yet we find They're that- They're trying our to wreck us. They're trying to break us financially. You understand control that. us. Yeah, exactly. Like all Absolutely. the things, you, you know, so it's as simple as like not going to these stores, right? Now- Right. The same is true with the medical industry, right? Like when you break an arm, when you collapse, yes, go to the hospital, right? Absolutely. But when you're dealing with aches and pains, like I would much rather send you to a functional medicine doc. I would, I would actually probably ha- have you do a blood test, a gut health test and a gut zoomer right. test. Like, right. Right. Like you can, and, and Dr. Harmon does, you probably uh, know people that do these things like, I would probably okay. stop eating for two days and just just see how you feel after not putting the same foods into your body. We rush into crisis mode because we we feel like we don't know our bodies. Um, we feel like we're out of sync with our bodies. Um, in fact, there's a huge out of sync movement happening in, in the high schools today with gender dysmorphia, right? Like the idea that we're out of sync with our bodies is pre- pervasive pervasive in our culture right now. Now, it may not always be gender dysphoria, but it might be something like I'm healthier than I actually am or uh, my Uncle Greg. Okay, Uncle Greg, that's an old football accident. Actually, it turned out to be a football sized tumor that ate away his (gasps) bones. And he he knew Uncle Greg, I love you. And he's in the healing process. He called me. We were working on it. I thought it was an old accident. Turns out to be a tumor. The doctors say like this is the this is massive. As he's walking out of the hospital, he collapses because the the cancer had actually eaten out his bone and we had no idea. Mm. Uh, so, so like this is when you're out of sync with your body, when you've had this like, like this years long pain, this chronic pain that you're convincing yourself is like no big deal or something else, right? Like that's what I mean when I say we're out of sync with our bodies. We need to return to our, to a, a place of control a place of knowledge, yeah. the public school system did not teach you about your body, right? You got to learn about it. Um, they didn't teach you about taxes either. You know what I mean? No. Like you got to learn about that no. stuff so that you can get control and feel confident. Like, look, I get these little pains, like little gas bubbles or whatever, just, uh, you know, and you start to go, oh man, is that the, is that my what thing? What is it? Right. Answer. You start questioning everything. You start right. questioning. Right. And I, I went through that period and I'd, I'd lie. It's, it still kind of creeps up. I'll get like a little headache behind my eye and, it's, you know, but it, you know, it's probably dehydration. Right. And that's my point is that now I'm really in a place of peace where, you know, the first thing ever, ever I feel an ache or pain is uh, what I eat. Right. Did I eat something? Um, 
and just recognizing that the body's going to go through ups and downs and heals. But if there's a chronic pain that's not getting better, it's like we need to approach it. So that's my TED talk that, on that's being in word. tune with your no. body, you know, and just having trust no. that, that you know your body better than some stranger with a x-ray. That's a good word. Um, when Lance Armstrong turned his around, he did uh, conventional treatment, didn't he? Because yeah. he was stage four testicular cancer. But yeah. of course, he was he was the you know Bill Gates of his time. You know, he was at the, not that Bill Gates was top of his game, but financially, meaning he he could afford all the best and finest. And he probably went to world. He was a world class athlete going to see what we thought our world-class oncologist, would you approach cancer differently? So if we talk about stages of cancer, stage one is a isolated site and um, there are malignant cells. Stage two is this, stage three, stage four means it is left the primary site and it's in the organs. Is that a correct uh, Yeah, it's traveling, it's metastatic. So stage one is it's one site. Right. Stage two is like um, touching another site. Stage three is a nearby um, organ, and then stage four is metastatic. Four, it so is, it's okay. like multiple, yeah. Uh, locations. So would you approach? Would you still? You would still incorporate these same approaches if somebody said it was stage one or stage four? Because you would yeah, stage you four. Know, you're I the don't Mac even Daddy. That I believe in stage one cancer, right? Like if you look at the numbers, really? yeah. If you look at the numbers, cancer is discovered at stage two, uh, stage three, and stage four. Um, stage one, like we're all kind of stage one all the time. Uh, that's what I think. Right. You, you know what I mean? So, so cancer, like uh, stage one is not necessarily the presence of cancer, but the absence of the immune cells that eliminate it. And, and there's a Got whole it. bunch of talk about restaging cancer therapies or can't cause it's the technology is so much different now and, and, and whatnot. But to answer the question, I would go um, metabolic, alternative, holistic, from the beginning, 100%, I was stage four metastatic. Now, I do believe wow. in surgery, right? If you've got like a 12-centimeter tumor, get it out, right? Yeah. If there, right. there, I do believe in in, in some uh, types of surgeries. Um, Absolutely. And, and I do believe that people can get better with an integrative approach. So an integrative approach means like chemo, and metabolic, right? You're doing chemo, but okay. you're also fasting. Yeah. And so it's a, it's an integrative approach. Um, I only say that because I know that there are people listening who are going to do chemo anyway. And I want you to know that you can still get better, but you imagine like e eating healthy food and then asking someone to punch you in the face you know, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> okay. It, it, Very it, visual. Yeah. I got you. I'm it doesn't matter. Like, why are you doing yeah. the poison? You're only slowing yourself down. Um, I've seen chemo shrink tumors. Guess what? I've seen fasting shrink tumors here. Here's the thing. Like I believe chemo is a lie. I believe that it's got, it's full of broken promises and you're only going to slow down your healing, but I don't have a medical license to lose. I know that the government is going to hold that above people's heads. So there's like a clinic in Irvine that we like. And I know that she rec recommends chemo. That's because most of her patients are doing chemo anyway. Like, I believe she's trying to stay off the radar. I get it. Um, oh, I don't I think see. you need it. Um, could you use it? you can it say that. You're right. You can say that freely. Yes. And so I want you guys to know that the people who beat cancer, right, the people that I consider my friends, like Maggie Jones at CancerV.me, um, Dr. Nasha Winters, right, um, Chris Wark, like we didn't do chemo. Like when you go to survivor clinics, there's That's usually awesome. a story of I did chemo for a little while and then stopped entirely and did metabolic. That's what I, I did. I did chemo for a while. It didn't work. I started noticing that everybody who does chemo dies. Um, and, and so I stopped entirely and that's what I recommend that people do like get a surgery if you need it. Um, but then immediately after, like don't zap your body with toxins after that, no. get into a healing process in my website, Chris's website. I don't care whose website right. you go to, right? Like get Just on the metabolic something. path and you will heal forever. You know, I've got a friend on Facebook Tell who's like, who's like, he's very proud that he's going to be on chemo for life instead of dying. And to me, I think it's like, what's the difference? Um, 
That's you know that's terrible. Yeah, terrible but it's acceptance. It's this acceptance of of like I'll be on chemo for life. It's like, or you could stop doing chemo and heal, and that's what we want to see. We want to see you heal. Tell me about your fasting protocol, or what what you started with. What's the most you've done, and what you do on on the on the reg? Is Lisa, the you're, fa- you're you're speaking my love language. I want you to know that fasting Thank is my love language. So uh, I love fasting. If it's I, magical, I mean, it, it is magical. If you are broke, if you are poor, if you have no insurance and you get cancer, stop eating, and your cancer will decrease. Your symptoms will go away. Um, we and could it, drop the mic here, but we're not going to. But keep it really, going. It really is. Right. It's like, look, if your your cancer cells grow based because you grow, right? So what do you what do you grow on? Food. If you stop eating food, insulin. You don't grow. Right. Insulin. Ketones and the presence of uh, of autophagy actually eating your cancer cells. Um, so I believe in fasting, and and fasting is has been I think the number one therapy that that has been. Um, I agree. Uh, yeah, for me. So let me tell you how it started. It started with chemotherapy, right? So, um, I read over and over again that if you do chemotherapy, that you should fast the day before fast the day of and fast the day after 72 hour water only fast coffee and tea uh, or herbal teas are okay. Um, so I started there, but then I stopped chemotherapy, right? And I'm like, okay, right. uh-huh. but I want to keep the benefits of fasting. So I began to do three seventy uh, a three day fast every month, okay? So one three day fast every single month. I would intermittent fast every single day. I started yeah. with twelve hours. It quickly moved to sixteen hours. I eventually got to eighteen hours. And that's where I am even right now. I'm probably at hour 16 or 17. So I continue to fast to this day, not because I feel like I need to, but because I love the way it makes me feel. Oh, with those ketones that fire and your fat, you're burning fat for fuel. It's really an exhilarating time. You you have the energy of a teenager. It You really do. And it keeps my weight down. Yeah. Um, you, you know, because I do eat a lot of, uh, uh, uh I, I eat a, way more calories now. So, so yeah. My fasting regime, when I was going through the thick of it, right, the two years of really fighting, it was um, uh, intermittent every single day. Every Sunday night to Monday night was a 24-hour fast. Good. Good. So you stop eating at 7 p.m. That's a general rule for every day of your life. You know, maybe make it to eight, but you want to have a two to three-hour gap between eating and going to bed. Sure. Um, and all of that sleep time is fasting time, right? So, yes. you know, yes. you wake up and you're already eight hours into your fast, right? You just got to go a couple For more sure. hours. So, yeah, um, I do, um, a, uh, an extended fast twice a year. Maybe it's like one, like once every six months, um, is five is, days. I, yeah, I do seven days. So, seven so days. here's the thing about fasting. Um, The first time I did a seven-day fast, I went to Dr. Gracie's Wellness Clinic in Ohio, and I flew in. It was uh, less than the cost of a hotel uh, to stay there, and there's no food, right? So she lives (laughs) on a farm. It's beautiful. So you get your own private room. There's there's room share, but it's a fasting clinic. So I flew in. I go to this fasting clinic in Amish country. Beautiful. Um fresh vegetables and, and, and food. And there's other people there who are also fasting. And so it was wonderful. So I did seven days medically supervised and, um, I was there for a total of 10 days. It was a seven day fast and then a three day refeed. Okay. We can't talk about fasting unless we're talking about refeeding. So your refeeding should be slow and gradual and it should be, you know, plant-based, um, uh, cucumber juice, watermelon juices are best. Maybe move into some broths and soups. Right. Uh, before you start eating whole foods again, you do not want to crash your your fast with a burger. Uh, you'd be so sick. You would be. You'd throw it up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I did it. Proof. Okay. I, right. There you go. It, it doesn't work, you know. So, right. so, so you're doing a refeed. For an extended fast, you're going to refeed for 50% of the time that you fasted. So you do a five-day right. fast, you're going to do a two-day refeed, right? Okay. So what I learned at the fasting clinic was that I could do this on my own. And, um, that, that I was glad I had a medical person there to show me that I didn't really need to have a medical person there. Yeah. So do they um, do lab work or anything or just checking ketones for you? Uh, yeah, she, you know, she checks heartbeat, um, uh, heart rate. Uh, there was no blood tests or you could do that at home. Right. 
And here's what I did. Check out what I did. I I did because I pay for my own x-rays. I did an x-ray or um, uh, an M, as an MRI. Um, you yeah. get an MRI at TaylorMed for 500 bucks. Like, uh, you know, like, and this is better. This is radiation free. Like CT scans are full of radiation, right? So you oh, shouldn't be, be doing more than one of those a year. The doctors yeah. will tell you every three months, man, that's four a year when 2.2 per year dramatically increase your chance of secondary cancers. When I told my doctor, when I told my doctor, Lisa, that I did not want to do any more CT scans because of the radiation, she said, those studies were done on people who are going to live longer than you. She said, you don't have to worry, Owen, about, she said this, you don't have to worry about your health in 20 years because you're not going to make it that long. Are you kidding me? God's I mean, honest was it truth. Dr. Kevorkian? I mean, who was that? You know, I've what? I've committed not to saying her name because right. I don't, don't know. What, I don't want the don't, hospital. Don't, I'm very don't. big on being invisible and sharing my message. You know what I mean? So, understand. You know, I went and got this. Uh, I went and got an uh, a, an MRI before I did the seven day fast, and then I did an MRI after the seven day fast. So I spent a thousand bucks of my own money just to have scientific proof of this fast um, Dad, and right. mm-hmm. shrunk my tumor load by another 30% in just seven days of, of water fasting. So now what I do is um, uh, right around uh, like before Thanksgiving, um, I'll, so I'll, this is what I do. Cause I, I really like candy. So I enjoy Halloween. <laughs> I don't overdo it. I have two or three right. pieces of candy. Um, but I enjoy Halloween and, and the, the the days accompanying. And then I do a five-day fast. I rent an Airbnb uh, up in my town. It's over on the, in the mountain area. It's got a beautiful backyard and some pear trees in it and whatnot. I and I it. just crash there for five days. It's very much a time of replenishment. And my pastor comes in and, and will minister to me. My it. worship pastor will come in and, and worship with me. Like it's it's a really my, – my family will come in and visit me. But I, I do the five days there. And I'll tell you, Lisa – the last time I did a five-day fast, uh, it's like, you know, once every six months, once a year kind of thing. Um, but this last one I did, there was a very distinct moment where I felt the Lord say to me, it's finished. And, oh. um, I, you know, I, I, uh, I somehow knew that I had, I, was, I had beat it, you know? Um, I was just different. And I called my wife and I said, I know I got four hours left, but I think I'm done. You know, let's go get, let's go eat, you know? And, and she came, she picked me up and, um, let's go have watermelon juice. What's that? Let's go have watermelon juice. She, she brought me watermelon cucumber juice. She sure did. Cause that's Uh, what I had when I had a long fast, I had watermelon afterwards. Wow. (laughs) The, uh, the, the next test that I got was a cancer free test and, uh, praise the Lord. Yeah. So it was just, uh, I, I believe in fasting and that was my fasting, uh, regimen. well, here's my one question. Then we've got to wrap it up. Cause I'm sure uh, CNN's outside your door wanting to do an interview. I'm sure you're going to take Tucker Carlson's place. I mean, yeah. you, you, you are a He'd truth the teller. Only one. <laughs> right. But, um, with that, I had a client who's 72 and she's a medical doctor. In fact, she was, she, she's, she came from an alternate. She was a midwife before she became a medical Love doctor. It. So she has, yeah, great. she has a different, she went to medical school at 52. It's a great story. But at 72, um, realized, cause she knew her body and realized something wasn't right. So she was coming to me and I was putting her on a fast, but because she's a diminutive woman, she's five, three and weighed a hundred. She weighed 105 to start with, with the fasting, she got down to like 92. Yes. And so there are a few people that are, you know, obviously who are thin, who are fighting it. And I was getting a little worried for, it was before I knew about you, I told her to go to crispy cancer and she was trying, she was trying to put weight on. So what do you do when someone's at that crossroads where they're trying to fast to lower, to increase autophagy that is the self-cleaning, just to tell people listening, it's a self-cleaning device our body does to eliminate cancer cells. But she did need some weight on her to fight yeah. the battle. What do you recommend? Yeah. So, so first of all, th- those cases do exist. But yeah. 
it is my belief that you can get thinner than you think, right? Sci- medically and scientifically, right? Okay. Um, now, in your case, w- with 95, there's so many like co-variables there um, that it's it's obviously worth having an integrative doctor, a fasting clinician. There are fasting okay. clinics. Google them. Okay. And like, okay. for example, um, I met Dr. Gracie because I spoke with Dr. Alan Goldhammer. Um, who runs the True North Health Clinic in California. And I got on the phone with him and right. he said, look, um, um, he was an incredible guy. And he said, fasting is going to do more for you than you could possibly believe. I have no space for you here. Call Grace. Okay. And so I okay. called Grace. So there are fasting clinics all over the country. And, and your doctor, maybe even your chiropractor, depending on what kind of chiropractor you have, might even know about this stuff. But there are body mass okay. index tests that you can do that will tell you how many days you can fast. For example, I went from 180 pounds to 135 pounds in about two months. So when they ran my tests, they told me you can only fast for 10 days. So we're going to have you do a seven day fast. God, it's a prescription. Yes. Your body loses weight in a fast, believe it or not, only over the first um, three days. After that, your body actually starts to eat itself. And so you're you're losing micro weight, but it's visceral fat, it's it's tumors, yeah. it's yeah. gross. It's, yeah. So you don't you don't lose too much weight after that first few days. You need to go into a fast, like they'll tell you, you need to go into a fast at a given weight um, for a certain time, and they can predict with accuracy. I've seen it in my own life. So when I would wow. do a fast, I would just fuel up on stuff that that popped my weight up, right? So juices and plants. Like I didn't do animal meat at this time, right? So oh. if like I'm I'm trying to talk to the to the general population, not the 95 year old 110 pounds. That's an outlier, yeah. right? That's someone that needs some very special assistance, right? But yeah. what I'm trying to approach is maybe the 40 50 year old uh, woman who thinks she's skin and bones. But really, you could probably drop 25 more pounds healthfully, okay. you know, right. and and you think that you're thin or you think your husband's thin because he dropped 50 pounds. But my guess is he could get there 30 pounds thinner. How about talk to a doctor about that? And it, you enter a fast right after a feast. So if you're going to fast right for seven days, then you should be eating 2000 calories and vegetables and plants and fruits not meat, not carbs, not sugars, right? But go into the fast full and bloated from carrots and beets and celery and lettuce because as you begin fasting, that's like turbocharging the autophagy. So you got all this healthy stuff going. What a lot of people do is they eat cake and and, and cheesesteaks. I'm going to fast, so I'm going to, you know, and now it's like kicking yourself in the face before entering a race. Like it's, it's not a good move. Got it. Got it. Okay. So much to unpack. BeatCancerWithMe.com is your website. Sending people there. And of course, uh, your social media at CancerFighterOwen. People, stop what you're doing. Send this episode. Let's let's go viral with this because this message needs to get out there. Owen, thank you so much. Love your message. Great job. Lisa, thanks for having me and thanks for being so active on social media. I love what you do. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.